welcome to the Home Building Hub, your essential podcast guide to building your new home. Hosted by industry experts Colin Bischoff and Darren Brennan, this conversational podcast will help better educate you about all things new home building so you can avoid costly mistakes and enjoy your building experience to the fullest, no matter which home builder you choose. G'day folks, Colin here from the Home Building Hub. Welcome to another episode. I'm here with Darren Brennan, co-host as always. And today, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to give you the top five expenses that you need to budget for after your home is built. Okay, so there's a list there, Darren. Um, We've just got five, for example. There's probably a few more around, but I guess we just want to highlight to people just to be prepared for these things over and above your building contract in most cases. Okay, so... We'll kick off on that one. Um, tell us how you are first, Daz. Going well? Going real well, Cole. Real well. Um, this is a really cool episode again just to, you know, people get caught at times, you know. They forget about some of this stuff. They're not well educated on some of this stuff. It's not necessarily always spoken about, um, you know, when they're, when they're signing up for a home. So it's good to be aware and, and not be caught on the hop, um, you know. And it is, depending on, you know, where you're at in your your journey of life, I guess sometimes it can be really tight. You know, you buy a house and and you know you you just end up struggling to get a number of those items covered when you move in. And you know, we see it. One of them on here is blinds. We'll come back to that. But you know, you see newspaper on the windows, and then you see newspaper on the windows for a couple of years, and that can get like you know. And I think there is a little less of that. I think it's become better handled these days um, by most mm. people and it's probably more affordable options. But um, that would be a great example of, of the things we're talking about. But, you know, mate, why don't we uh, get straight into it? What I would like to say is if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Um, you know, does us great things. That's the fee. Uh, so jump in and, and, and pay it forward for us. Leave us a five-star review and share the podcast with at least one friend. You know, we'd really appreciate that. And, and uh, it'll hopefully spread the news and, and help people along the way that they're not caught in the same way as as others are by by being well educated. So, if you're new to this podcast, also and you want to get to know myself or Darren a bit better, just jump back to episode one where you learn a bit more about us, who we are, and what we do, and how we do it. So, um, yes, Darren, number one on the list of top five expenses to budget for uh, is fencing, and that includes gates. So wing fence, which is the the fence that connects the gate to the side, um, and they've got to be installed as per estate requirements, okay? So I'll talk a little bit about fencing. Everyone knows what a fence is, but one thing to factor in, um, I guess, when you're looking at the type of fence in a certain estate, they will dictate to you what fencing needs to be installed. So the common, most common fence, I guess, we all understand um, is just that old school timber fence, right? Um, that that's a, I guess, just a, a timber paling fence. But most estates these days don't actually accept that. One point eight meters high, etc. Most estates will jump up to one of two options. One is a color bond fence, which is the metal uh, color bond fence requirement, and the other one, which I find is more common, Darren, is actually what's called ex- uh, capped timber paling fencing. Um, and exposed posts. Okay, so it just looks a little bit nicer. Um, and it, it's basically got a, a flat um, surface on the top, which is what the capping refers to, and it just costs a little bit more. Okay, so 
When it comes to fencing, in our case, we offer full turnkey items, so we include this sort of stuff. But most builders you go through through display villages, you'll find probably the majority won't include fencing and won't include the landscaping, which would be the next item. Um, now, one thing I want to highlight, Darren, about fencing is depending on who you're going through, um, in most cases, you don't pay for the full share of the fence. You really are responsible for the half share of the fence. Okay, so what that means is if you have a, like a builder like us who includes it, your half is covered, okay, not the neighbor's half. So in the event that our, we can't get a hold of your neighbor and they can't contribute their half of the fence, you will be paying for their half separately, which is not priced up front. It's something that you will have to get priced down the track. You'll have to pay for it, and then you'll go around to your neighbor's door, you'll knock on them and say, hello, you owe me 50% of the fence. Here's the invoice that I paid. Now, whether that's through a company like ours or you're doing it directly with a fencing company yourself, they will attempt to contact the neighbour usually a few times um, and there's sort of special permission. You can jump onto a council, that's you only, can jump onto a council website, type in the name, like your details, and it will give you the the name, usually the first initial and then the, the surname and then the address of your neighbouring properties of the uh, – oh, I nearly knocked the water bottle over um, – of the um, – like your neighbour's details, and you'll be able to issue uh, give that to your fencing company and they can issue a letter saying, hey, contribute the 50% base, okay? So that's one definitely. I think that all day, every day, Darren, that's something to be factored in. Um, if fencing's already up, you can expect that knock on your door instead, okay? So just be mindful of that. Please be aware and, um, yeah, factor fencing and gates in. And, and some estates do also include fencing which is great. So when that's the case, awesome. But that may not include those wing fences, so you could be up for that cost. You know, it's just worth being mindful of. Um, the other bit where I was going to say with your fences is there is definitely an obligation upon the person who owns that block to pay for their half share, but there is a process to follow. So you do have to just, yeah, you can look up fencing regulations and they'll tell you what that process is to make sure that you've notified them that you want to put the fence up and stuff. If you go and build a whole brick fence down the whole sideway of your house and and they were just happy with a timber paling fence, well, you're paying for everything other than a half share of a timber paling fence, right? So, hmm. you, you know, you've got to be mindful of what those things look like. So number two, Cole, is landscaping, um, including your letterbox and clothesline, um, driveways, pathways, uh, retaining walls potentially, depending on what your builder's done. Um, a lot of builders do include driveways, so that can be already done as part of the build cost, but then those other costs come into play. And, again, if you want to landscape, I'll give you an idea here. If you want your landscape to look just like a display home, then expect to spend between 50 and 150 grand, and that's without a pool, right? So, <laughs> So... I want to make it really yeah. real for you. If you want it to look just like a display home and we're talking decks and, you know, water features and all these amazing things, it's going to cost a lot of money. But if you're wanting to be like <laughs> most people's homes and you want a landscaper to come in to do it, then you might spend anywhere between, I'm going to give you a round number of five to 20 grand. And then if you want to do it yourself, the same job the landscaper is going to do, and you're happy to get out there and dig the holes and lay the grass and do all those things, then you might be able to do it for as little as, you know, a thousand bucks through to 
a few thousand dollars, right? And you can still have a really nice landscape, depending on how big your yard is. So that's certainly um, something to factor in. A clothesline, again, some builders will include them, others won't. Um, some will have it as an optional extra, likewise with the letterbox. But again, you can go to Bunnings. Um, you can buy a letterbox, dig a hole, put some concrete in it. You've got a letterbox on a post, pretty easy to do. And a lot of people will be able to do that themselves. Likewise, with a clothesline, I installed our clothesline at, at our house where we are here because um, there was a little small one on the side of the house. We bought this place established and we didn't like how big it was. So we put one on the, the wall at the back of the home. Um, and I'm not the best tradesperson out there, but we got it up and it's still standing the test of time now. So um, I did, uh, I'm pretty proud of my effort to put up a clothesline, Cole. Um, well, um, but and likewise, we'd had enough of our letterbox. So we bought a new one. I poured a little concrete slab. I worked it out to do it. You can watch YouTube videos, all that stuff, and do it yourself. We bought a, a really cool letterbox, and now I really love our letterbox. So that's um, some of those things to consider um, as part of those. Just on that, costumes. Darren, um, with landscaping, one other thing to consider is the the estate requirements. Most estates will tell you what sort of plants and trees and shrubs and not only will they tell you what fencing you can have and, and what, what height the building needs to be and all these other things, they will tell you what your landscaping plan needs to look like. So if you're going to take on the task yourself, please be mindful. You must follow what the plant uh, and species options are within the design guidelines. Um, but you're right, Darren, it's uh, landscaping. I mean, I can speak on our behalf only in that sense. We include basic, and it is basic, but it's, it's actually perfectly fine landscaping it's got one little tree out the front it's got some some bark um, some crushed rock and some plants around and then at the back it's got crushed rock on the sides and then turf at the back with a nice bark strip with some plants along the back as well perfect 99 percent of people are actually wrapped with that um, but for those who want to go a little bit bigger and better yeah you can expect to pay definitely more than 10 grand, I would have thought, Darren, for, for, you know, something a bit nicer than that. The credit we provide is really minimal if someone wants to take it out because of the rate that that builder gets is so sharp. So you could not possibly get landscaping the way we do it for the price it can be done, you know. So that's why that's one of our points of difference. But I guess not worrying about that. It's not about talking about us. It's really highlighting to people, if you're going to do it yourself, follow the guidelines. If you're going to pay someone else to do it, expect to pay 10 plus, you know, for, for even a fairly stock standard um, sort of nice, simple, low maintenance finish. Yeah. I, I also um, did study yeah. horticulture, Cole. And one thing I will say to people is plants do grow. So, so if you go to the nursery or to Bunnings or wherever and buy a small plant, understand it will grow in time. So I have a read of the label. So sometimes you can save some money by buying smaller plants and they will grow. And depending on that plant, talk to the experts at the garden centre. But if you're going to put a hedge in and you're going to use a plant called a potosporum, which most people use for making, you know, screening edges, well, you're better off buying it small than buying it big because within six months it'll be as big as the one that you're going to pay three times the price for. And within a year it's probably going to be the same size. So, you know, don't be afraid to go smaller and save some money that knowing that in a year or two's time, it's probably going to be the same size as the one you paid three times as much for. What was that called? A potosporum. Right. Sounds like you're swearing at me in another language. <laughs> well, I was, but... <laughs> yeah, just quietly. Number three, blinds. Well, to be honest, I think more and more builders these days include blinds or have an option to include blinds, which is great. 
Yeah. But yes, as you said at the top of the episode, there's a lot of houses, thankfully less now, that have newspaper in the windows because the, the, they haven't factored in the cost of blinds, you know, and the, or landscaping because they haven't got that done either. And these, this is the reason for this episode. So blinds are something to A, put in with the builder. Most of the time the builder gives you blind options. They're probably going to be entry level. So if you go to a colour room, you can probably ask to see those and, and upgrade a little bit more. Blinds are not that there are cheaper options, but they're not for a decent set of blinds. It's not the cheapest thing in the world. I would say also in addition to blinds, um, if, whether you're getting them with the builder, where are those blinds not going? Um, and whether you're doing the blinds yourself after handover, again, you want to know uh, are the wet areas, do they have privacy or frosty windows, privacy glazing or frosted windows? Because that's something that most people won't put a blind in a bathroom, a toilet or an ensuite. Okay, so just factor that in, ask the question, where are my blinds going? Where are they not going? Uh, a laundry sliding door generally won't have a blind either. Depends on the builder, depends, etc. So yeah, just factor that in. Blinds is, is a common one, Daz. I think people, I think maybe getting a bit better, but some people still miss it. I think also if you've got an investment property, uh, so you're building an investment property, there are certain regulations now that say you've got to have a certain level of blinds on windows, so you can't get away with, with you know, uh, some levels of blinds on those windows because you've got to provide a certain level of darkness in a room, for example, so that people can sleep at night and you haven't just cheapskated it and, and gone something that's not going to do the job. So, you know, there are certainly regulations there. The other bit I would say from experience is, if you're going to do them yourself, work out the really important rooms and the less important rooms because we had quotes come in that were blowing my mind. I couldn't believe how expensive blinds were until we started to say, well, actually, this room's okay to have a roller blind, but I really want a nice, you know, I want a nice curtain on my bedroom or in the living space, and all of a sudden we could get it to meet our budget a bit more because otherwise we are getting quotes three times what we budgeted for and just going, this is crazy. Like I never knew these things were so expensive because we, you know, we were looking for Rolls Royces on every window. Like whereas saying, no, 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 hold on, a bathroom, who cares? Just put a bloody roller blind on it. That'll be doing the job. So, you know, be mindful of that, I guess. Um, next one would be the connections for water, electricity, gas, and internet. Um, we did speak about this on a previous episode, um, but certainly take those into account. They are something that, you know, you need to be mindful of those connections. You know, one, you've got to get them there. You're going to pay a connection fee more often than not. Um, so shop around. Again, you're going to pay different levels of rates for some of this stuff, so it's worth. There are some really good websites now that will compare all those things for you. Um, the government one in Victoria is really good, um, and you know, I think it's through the services app where it will compare all the different electricity providers, for example, in your area and, and look at who's got the best rate to suit you. So shopping around on those things is going to be really good to try and help you understand what that's looking like. Um, another one would be, are you going to have a fixed phone line? Um, do you need to have um, wireless, uh, what's naked uh, is the word I think they use for internet, or are you going to have it wired through to your home um, through the MBN connection? So taking those things into consideration does the builder actually put the line in from the street for your Telstra connection or do you need to install that yourself? So they're questions to be asking so that you know exactly where you stand um, when you move into your home so you're not getting any surprises there. Hmm. Yep, pretty common one. Lucky last, I, I think um, this is no surprise, but I just want to 
highlight it to people. It's it's probably something to begin with a bit earlier than most do. Furniture and appliances, like your own furniture, your own appliances that you're going to, you know, I guess, you know, have a needs and a wants list, I suppose. But a lot of people, when they build a new home, um, the owner occupiers will will have a, I guess, maybe an extra living room, maybe an extra bedroom than the one that you're in now that you're renting or living in. Um, so you've got to factor in those costs for additional furniture. Um, and again, the fridge and the fridge space we talked about in the last episode, making sure the fridge fits in the space, check your drawings. But yeah, definitely factoring in the cost of things like couches and all that sort of stuff and dining room tables. And, and you know, again, you can have a needs and a wants list, but I think that's something that people maybe leave a bit late, Darren. I think you should get in a little bit earlier, what probably pre-build or just at the start of the build or during it, just start putting it, putting those into a column uh, with some forecasted, you know, homework expense, expenses after doing your homework, I should say, on online. Um, and, yeah, that's probably the fifth one. Uh, it's a real simple one. You think it's a no-brainer, but you'd be surprised how many people don't think about it too much. They just, oh, the house is going to be built, it's finished, and, and they thought about a few things but not really, yeah, like think about the layout, go through your plans, how's it going to function, what are you going to put there? And some of those things will be, look, let's get that in three or six months. And you just tick that off three or six months, you know, 12 yeah. months or now. Yeah. With your furnishings and stuff, it's worth shopping around. And, and it's also worth considering um, secondhand if, if, if yeah. it's tied on your budget. And I've got a great example. I know someone who many years ago paid $15,000 for a dining room table and then it was still like new, sold it secondhand for 400 bucks. And it was like brand new. It was like, but it might as well have the plastic over it. Wow. They just devalue so quickly some of that stuff. So they spent a fortune, beautiful, you know, oak timber bloody dining room table and chairs and then sold it for 400 bucks. Like, wow. Yeah, wow. The guy who bought it for 400 bucks did real well. 15 so, grand. My gosh. Yeah. We have a table, Daz, same dining room table we've had for 20, nearly 20 years, I'd say. Yep probably 18, 17 years or so, and we deliberately, we actually have a new dining set sitting in the garage waiting to, for the next house. For the new house, yeah, nice. Because um, when, um, when my daughter was growing up, we just knew she was going to create absolute carnage on the dining room table with arts and crafts and glue and paint. And so it's, it's been, lo- yeah, been loved. It's a beautiful table, but, it, you know, it needs to be stripped back and... Uh, stained but again we paid a bit for it and i think someone who who could be you know happily wanting to strip it back and just restain it they have a beautiful table again you know so yeah trash and treasure isn't it that's what that's what they say awesome well guys thank you again for listening um we hope you've enjoyed those sort of top five expenses just to help you Budget a little bit better for those. Uh, if you like what you hear, jump on, leave us a five-star review on the platform you're on. Again, if you want to learn a bit more about Darren and myself, jump back to episode one. And, of course, any feedback or questions, go to homebuildinghub.com.au and select Contact Us. Other than that, we'll see you on the next one. Good on you. Thanks, Cole. Good on you, guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Home Building Hub. As part of the podcast, we have to be a little careful to cover ourselves on a legal standpoint. So we do have a disclaimer. Whilst we're all about providing value to you, this podcast should not be considered legal or financial advice. It does contain general information only, and you should seek out independent professional advice on your own personal situation before you make any legal or financial decisions. 
One.